I'm Dr. Sarah Hales Britton. I'm Luke Patrick. And I'm Sam Siegel. And welcome to Greased Lightning, a podcast where we talk about myth and movies and learn a little something in the process. Hey guys. Hey. How's it going, everybody? Happy, happy uh, early Halloween is when we're kind of recording this one. Yeah. So is this officially our spooky episode? Very spooky. I guess it is. I mean, we do go down to hell in this episode. Yeah. Quote unquote hell. So. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, it was we did do 2012's Wrath of the Titans, and uh, yeah, Sarah, what's your what's your relationship with this one? Oh. It's a relationship of disappointment and hatred. Um, mm. This is the first time I'd ever seen this this movie, um, and uh, I, you know, I'd I'd seen the ratings. I knew it wasn't going to be great, um, but it somehow still managed to disappoint me. So <laughs> okay, yeah. How about you guys? Uh, I went into this pretty blind, so. Uh... You know, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I am Can I say something though? Mm-hmm. Go for it. When we watched the first Clash of the Titans and I thought Perseus did the Labyrinth and the Minotaur, mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt pretty fucking validated here. <laughs> That's fair. That's uh, fair. <laughs> I was like, someone else is just as stupid as me. Yeah. Yeah, I did kind of fist pump on your behalf when the Minotaur showed up, Sam, <laughs> for that exact reason. Yeah. Someone else is brick fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Someone else... got paid a lot of money to write this movie, I think. Yeah. And so I feel like I should get paid a lot of money. Um, I agree. Just, yeah. I wonder if anybody did get paid to write this or if they just fed a bunch of like various myths into a robot. And then mm. gave it Sam Worthington, and we're like, what do you got? And the robot spat all of this gobbledygook out. Yeah. I'm not sure. Could could be, yeah. It's mm-hmm. possible. It wouldn't shock me by any means. Yeah. No, I could believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a bunch of myths and Nietzsche. And then what it <laughs> spat out was a story about like various myths and how the gods are dead is what we got mm-hmm. out of it. Yeah. 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 Really the antithesis to the God's Not Dead films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> direct proof in the Contra. Yeah. So mm-hmm. hmm. Oh man. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm like you, Sam. I had no relationship with this movie. Uh no didn't didn't know anything about it. Didn't even know it was well, I guess I knew it was poorly reviewed on the Tomatometer because we talked about that last time. Um mm-hmm. yeah. But but knew nothing, had no expectations, uh, didn't know uh, a goddamn thing about this one. And uh, Sarah, I have to report like you, I was also a pretty disappointed. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a lot of, like, big question marks in my mm-hmm. notes uh, mm-hmm. with this one, which is never yeah. a good sign. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. you never want to leave a movie with uh, more questions than answers, yeah. and it's not a thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. No kidding. So, Bullshit. yeah, I was just going to ask, like, what what sort of myth things can can we learn from yeah. this, if anything? Yeah. We we can we can learn some things. Um, one is uh. You know, this is our third of the Titans movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But we haven't, I don't think we've actually talked about who the Titans are. So I thought maybe not. today we could talk about the Titans. Ooh, okay, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Super uh, so, yeah, what do you guys know about the Titans? Apart they're, from what we witnessed. <laughs> they're like the, the OG gods, right? Like they're the, the first ones and kind of the more like, uh, kind of base ones right because there's like Gaia who's nature and Kronos is like time and, and you've mm-hmm. got your like 
real sort of simple but wide-ranging kinds of things, right? Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, yeah, the, the Titans are the generation of gods before the Olympians. So the Olympians are the Greek gods that we all know and love, right? Zeus, Hera, Athena, etc. Um, mm-hmm. There's 12 of them. Um, fun fact, Aphrodite always gets counted as an Olympian because she lives on Olympus with the others, uh, but she mm-hmm. is actually a Titan. Holy shit! Uh, so that's always a fun little thing. Um, yeah, so so strictly speaking, like very strictly, there are 12 Titans, just like there are 12 Olympians, six male, six mm-hmm. female. Um, but uh, with a broader definition of Titan and the way it's um, usually understood, um, it's these 12 gods plus like a bunch of their kids, uh, folks like Prometheus and Helios. Um, and then the, the more modern conception of Titans also sort of lumps in these other, like you were saying, Sandy's like primordial nature deities um, mm, and some okay. other like children and grandchildren of the Titans um, and including the monsters who are children and grandchildren of these like 12 Titans. Um, gotcha. They all get sort of lumped in because they're all around at the same time um, and they all have this sort of like they're all part of this like pre-Olympian world. Right. Okay. So, so, so yeah. So who are our 12? Um, our 12 are folks. I don't actually know all the names of the 12. Uh, oh, <laughs> I know the important right. ones. I know the hey. important ones. I'm sure Wikipedia knows the names of the 12. <laughs> uh, but I don't. Um, so I'm going to tell you the ones that are like most important for our purposes here. So, um, so we start out with like the Titans parents and this is Gaia, who is the earth and Uranus, who is the sky. Um, yes, it is spelled the same as Uranus. This is where the planet gets its name. Um, so we have, um, so we have Uranus and Gaia, um, and they're the parents of the whole world, the sky and the earth, um, which makes sense okay. if you think about it because this guy is uh-huh. on the earth um mm-hmm. so they like pop out these 12 kids that are the titans um and they include oceanus who is the ocean um okay. they include Kronos, um who is his name literally means time mm-hmm. uh it includes uh some some of the women include uh mnemosyne which means memory uh and rhea who uh, ends up marrying Kronos. Um, so then they also have the Gaia and Uranus spit out these 12 kids mm-hmm. that are the like the OG Titans. Then they also have um, the Cyclops, and uh, they also have these monsters called the Hundred Handers. Uh, okay. And so these are, we, we the sky and the earth are putting out these kids. Um, mm-hmm. And Uranus and Gaia are in charge of everything until Kronos overthrows his father Uranus. Okay. And he does this at the request of his mother Gaia, who is sick and tired of Uranus being up on her all of the time, every day, and like forcing her to have all these kids. She's just had enough. Right? You know that's fair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so she's like, which one of my kids will, will do this for me? And Kronos is the one who steps up. Um, so she gets him this sickle um, and hides him. And when Uranus comes to Gaia, Kronos jumps up and lops off Uranus's genitals. With mm. this Effective. Yes. White. Yeah. So the genitals fall in the ocean and Aphrodite is born from the foam that is created around these, like, when the genitals hit the water, she springs up from the ocean. Okay. So, Aphros, the word Aphros means foam. So her name is literally, like, the foam goddess. Okay. Mm. So she's, she is, to put it a certain way, born of nut foam? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Good. Hmm. Cool. She absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's this very common thing with gods where, like, it doesn't really matter where the god's seed lands. um, Mm -hmm. Something is always born from it, Um, whether it's in a person or another god or not. 
um, it's, it always produces something. So yeah, this, um, yeah, the nut foam <laughs> produces the nut foam. this beautiful goddess, uh, <laughs> who comes up out of the sea. <laughs> So yeah, so that's the end of Uranus's reign. Now Kronos is in charge, right? Mm-hmm. King of the Titans. Um, most of the Titan siblings pair up. Um, the gods vary into sister wives. Um, usually the only ones we hear about and the most important ones are Kronos and Rhea marry each other. Um, and they start popping out kids. Um, now these all of these Titan unions this is where we get ocean nymphs this is where we get river gods etc etc um chronos and rhea's six children are the original olympians so they have hestia and demeter and hera and hades and poseidon and zeus is the youngest of their six um oh okay yeah so uh so chronos overthrew his father to become king of the gods right mm-hmm. yeah he's then understandably very nervous about one of his own sons doing the same thing to him. Sure, yeah. So every time Rhea has a kid, Kronos eats it. As Mm. you do. Like you do. Yeah, he just swallows them whole as soon as they pop out. Um, Rhea's getting real sick of this. Uh, She Mm -hmm. would like to actually, you know, enjoy one of her kids. Yeah, like raise one. Yeah. So uh, it takes her her six kids to get it figured out but on the sixth one finally she has a good idea uh when zeus is born she sort of like tucks him away hides him mm-hmm. wraps a stone in like in a cloth in like swaddle oh, clothes okay and he when he comes in he eats that instead and doesn't notice because he's just like swallowing them whole right and not a thinker clearly yeah, yeah not really not hmm. really so, so yeah, Zeus is, Zeus is hidden away. Uh, he, like, is taken off to this mountain. He's, like, um, nursed by this goat, um, raised by some nymphs, you know. Um, he grows up, and he comes back when he's grown and wages this ten-year war against Kronos and the other titans. Um, he forces Kronos to vomit up all of his siblings, and who have mm-hmm. grown, they are now fully grown. Like, mm-hmm. they've... <laughs> They obviously didn't die when Kronos ate them. They've just been growing in right. there, uh, which is super. I would love to know who came up with that. Um, but yeah, he like vomits up these fully grown siblings of Zeus and they join Zeus in fighting against their father. And Kronos and the other Titans are eventually overthrown and they are all imprisoned in Tartarus under the earth. Um, now, this Tartarus is like the lowest part of the underworld eventually over time tartarus becomes a term that you use to sort of describe like all of the underworld um Mm -hmm. but originally it's this like deepest darkest part that's hardest to get to and therefore hardest to get out of right right um so yeah the titans are all imprisoned under the earth um so sometimes in antiquity people talk about the titans or pray to them as if they are chthonic deities which means they sprung directly from the earth now, this kind of makes sense, right? If they're children of Gaia, who is the Earth, then, like, mm-hmm. they are Kasonic. They did spring from the Earth. Um, but also, like, they are imprisoned under Tartarus. And so they are, now they are literally under the Earth, right? So if mm-hmm. you want to address them, this is the way you're going to do it, is, like, speaking down to the Earth. Or, like, pouring oh. out, right, libations onto the ground kind of okay. thing. Okay. Pour one out um, for Kronos. Exactly, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I I am dying to hear the story of this sort of family upbringing in his stomach. Yeah, I was thinking just, about this too. Yeah. Hades and the others just kind of hanging around. Like, do you build a couch down there? And just like, <laughs> what, what are you doing today? Well, not getting cooked by stomach acid, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell you how disappointed I am that like, as far as I know, we don't get any stories about what goes on in there. Well, Sarah, I gotta tell you, you could be the first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this is my novel. <laughs> yeah, I look, you've got the PhD. So, you know, there's some cachet with that. So you can just be like, here's here's the the true facts of the myths about what happened in Kronos's tummy. 
the true story of the Titans. The Titan yeah. Tummy. I'm thinking you need tummy. to uh, <laughs> you need to discover a scroll in quotes mm, or something. There you go. Uh, Ooh, there we the go. Details all of yeah. this. Yeah. Channel yeah. channel the confidence of a mediocre white man mm-hmm. and discover discover a scroll <laughs> about the Titan's tummy. I like this plan. I like this. Yeah. We're gonna make millions. Everybody, keep your eyes out. Twenty twenty five for my Titan Tummy novel. There you go. <laughs> oh man. So, so yeah, that's the, that's the that's the gist of the Titans. Okay. Um, and then like Zeus and his siblings take up residence on Mount Olympus, which is why mm-hmm. they're called Olympians. Um, and yeah, we still see some Titans around. Like uh, some of them were allowed to stay free, like Helios, the sun god is a titan mm-hmm. um he stays free because like somebody's got to pull the sun chariot yeah. across the sky every day right um some of them uh you know most of them are just like imprisoned in tartarus uh some of their punishments are more dramatic than others like atlas who holds up the world is a titan mm-hmm. um and like that's his sort of punishment um mm-hmm. for fighting okay. against zeus and co is that he now has to hold up the world forever um but yeah, there's that's that's the gist of it. Um, and you know, these movies are of, of the Titans, um, mm-hmm. Clash, yes. Wrath, whatever. Um, but most of the gods depicted in them are Olympians, right? Zeus and Hades, right. etc. Um, the the Titans who are clashing um, and then who are wrathful <laughs> in this are are mostly like ancient monsters. In Clash of the Titans, it's Medusa and the Kraken. Which mm-hmm. we've discussed right. how the Kraken wasn't actually a Greek thing, really, but um, they they're taking the idea of like these like primordial monsters, um, right, and and calling them Titans, which you know it kind of makes sense. Um, and then in Wrath, it's uh, it's Kronos is sort of the the driving, um, like the driver behind this whole plot against right. Zeus. Yeah. Um, he wants to be free. And then we've got some ancient monsters, uh, which we will talk about that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, um, that's the gist of it. The other thing I just wanted to say real quickly, uh, is that as far as I know, uh, the idea of like a, a rebellion against the Olympians, especially a mm-hmm. human rebellion against the Olympians. Right. Yeah. Um, isn't really a thing in myth, as far as I know. There is something called the uh, the gigantomachy, uh, which just means the giant battle. Um, and I'm sending you guys a picture of um, this is a frieze on the Pergamon altar, um, which is from like the third century BC. Mm-hmm. This is a depiction of the gigantomachy. So you've got a goddess in the middle; her face is gone, unfortunately, but it's probably Athena. Um, fighting these uh, giants who are sort of like dying in dramatic fashion underneath oh, okay. her. Um, there were a couple of these giants um, who are, they're like also kind of sort of titans. Um, when Uranus is castrated, um, you know, we've already talked about his junk falls in the ocean. Some of his right. blood falls on Gaia and the giants are born from his blood that falls on the earth. Oh, okay. Um, and... So we, we get the story of the Gigantomachy in sort of bits and pieces. Um, this work, The Library by Apollodorus, comes in clutch again here. Um, basically, the giants thought that they could overpower the Olympians and rule the world, and they tried, and they failed, <laughs> and got mm. put in their place. Uh, this, so the giants are sort of an, an early example in Greek myth of hubris, which is this like excessive pride that leads to your downfall. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. So, so the giants are the ones who rebelled against the Olympians. Um, there are sort of like rumors in myth of Zeus's eventual fall from power. Mm-hmm. But as far as I know, we don't ever actually see it. Um, mm, okay. So, so that's Curious. a thing also. Can yeah. I get um, five greased lightning points if I notice... Um, on, on the statue, Medusa's face on Athena's aegis. Yes! Points for yeah. Sam! Points for Sam! Fuck yeah! <laughs> I'm, I'm winning, Luke. 
Yeah, so far you have five <laughs> points and I have none, but we got yeah. a lot of series left to get through, my guy. We do. It's true, we do. So this we is do. a competition now. You didn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one more thing. Um, I think yes. last time we said that um, I would report back about whether or not Zeus created people. Sam, you yes. asked about yes. that. Yes, yes, um, yes. So I looked it up, and yes, he did. But Kronos did it first. Hmm. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So this is um, it's easy it again. His poem works in days, um, which is about um, basically about how life is hard. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's some like farming advice in there too. Um, he gives us a story of the five ages of man, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's mostly allegorical. Um, it's this sort of general story of like degeneration from primitive innocence and goodness into and joy like into evil um so it's a lot like you know the jewish muslim christian traditions all have adam and eve's fall right mm-hmm. it's sort of the same deal um except instead of like one group of people falling it's like it's five separate races of men that come into mm. being and then fall so chronos gotcha. rules over a golden age of Earth, which is why it really cracks me up. We'll talk about this in this movie. Like, Kronos seems to really hate human beings. Um, Kronos created man first, and Kronos mm-hmm. ruled over the golden age of men. Uh, so everything is great. There's uh, They live like gods. There's no sorrow. Dying is just like falling asleep. Perpetual springtime. Everything's great. And this golden age of men comes to an end when Zeus defeats Kronos, and the Titan rules right. over. Then we get the Silver Age of Men, then we get the Bronze Age of Men, then we get the Age of Heroes, which is the only one that sort of has, like, actual um, historical ties um, and legendary ties. The first three are, like, definitively just allegorical. Um, The Age of Heroes is the one where we get things like, this is the Age of the Trojan War, which we've discussed, like, some version of the Trojan War did happen. um, Right. Which is not exactly the way... The Iliad says it does necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have the Age of Heroes, um, and all of these like demigods and heroes are destroyed um, by the great wars of that time period. And then we get the Iron Age, which is number five. This is Hesiod's name for his own time, right? His own current race of men. Gotcha. And basically, it just sucks. <laughs> Nobody's mm-hmm. pious yeah. anymore, and all that stuff. <laughs> so, so yeah, Zeus does. Zeus creates these the like. The four silver through mm-hmm. Iron Age races of man. Okay, mm. so is it is it fair to say that like there's not a whole lot in the way of like a creation myth for the ancient Greeks, or is it just that we like don't have a lot about that in the way that we do? I feel like with like Norse mythology, we yeah, I mean Hesiod's like the main source for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this sort of like progression of races of man is is mm-hmm. the main creation myth. Um, okay, and Ovid talks about this too. Um, we get actually, um, you know, we get different stories about uh, like there's also a version of the story where Persephone is like playing with some clay and mm-hmm. like makes a little person and Zeus is like, hey, that's nice, and like breathes some life into it. Um, there's like lots of different versions of who creates man and how man comes about. Um, the one that we get more definitively though, is like, is a creation myth for women. And this is the story of Pandora, right? The gods Mm, make this creature Pandora. Um, and she's called Pandora. That means all gifts because all Mm -hmm. the gods give her some aspect of her appearance, her like attributes, personality, all of this. Um, and of course she... And therefore, all women are also blamed for introducing evil into the world, right? Because Pandora mm. gets this jar that mm, holds all the yeah. evil in the world. Um, so this is like a this is gods being tricksy with man. Actually, I think this is Titans being tricksy with man. Uh, they mm, give, okay. giving her this jar and sort of tricking her by like piquing her curiosity, tricking her into right, releasing yeah. all these evils. Um, so yeah, we get we get more of a definitive myth about the creation of woman than we do about the creation of mankind as a whole. These like five mm. allegorical races of man I got are the, you. like the main story. Okay. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So how much did you love Wrath of the Titans? I feel like I should phrase it that way. Cause obviously 
it's clearly mm-hmm. my new favorite movie. Uh, yeah. I mean, based solely on the messages uh, that you sent um, after you completed the movie, I was like, this is this is definitely something she she's going to return to like mm-hmm. annually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be an annual watch for me now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, never again. Never again. <laughs> I know. I mean, there were parts of this that were fun. I mean, what did you guys uh-huh. think? Luke, you, you said you didn't love it, right? So, I, a weird part of this project is that the more I learn, thanks to your excellent teaching, Sarah, that I, I am discovering... The more I know about myth, the more pissed off I get when something like this just creates myth soup. Just like takes all of it, chucks it into a big pot, and makes a weird myth gumbo. Uh, that really that really steams me up. It seems I um, I have ruined you, and I am delighted. <laughs> yes, yeah, I have been completely ruined. So even though, like, even trying to view it as just an action movie, it's pretty by the books just action movie like there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot that was spectacular about it but specifically it's pretty hacked off about how they represented myth in this movie or rather how they didn't how they just sort of like like let's have the cyclops in here yeah why not chuck them in there get a minotaur in here yeah sounds good like i don't know it yeah. was it was pretty bananas so it was it was yeah. a challenging watch but sam what did you think of this bad boy I am so broken and defeated mm. as a person. I had a good time. I'm not proud of it. I hate myself for it, but I my brain is purely liquefied. Yeah. Um and I just had fun. <laughs> I I this is something happened to me recently and I just feel like anything goes now and I'm just going to have a good time <laughs> cuz I mean that's like the only that's the only way to get through a movie like this. Uh, you know. You know, you say that, Sarah. Uh, it, I'll just tell you, Luke. Luke and I watched uh, Fifty Shades Darker for Hanksy Panksy, and I enjoyed it. And I, I'm not okay. I don't know what's happening to me, but I am not okay. Oh yeah. no! Well, this is a safe space, and I'm not yeah. going to yuck your yum or put down your joy <laughs> in this space. So, can, can I explain? why i think i had fun with it please do yeah okay um i mean one i got to just turn my brain off and it had good effects and some cool stuff happened kind of um but also it very much reminded me of uh the third god of war game hmm because (gasps) structurally it's not dissimilar from it and it does cover this like kind of weird period of like uh titans trying to overthrow the olympians again and also someone killing a lot of gods Mm. uh notably you the the player um so it kind of it kind of just works for me on that level because i swear to god someone played that game and then said i'm gonna make a movie that is weirdly similar to it because like the whole (laughs) labyrinth of getting to tartarus that that's in both of them uh though if if memory serves instead of um hephaestus uh you're helped by daedalus who created like some sort of labyrinth thing that um pandora is in pandora is a very important figure in the god of war uh three game Oh, wow. Pandora's in the labyrinth? <laughs> I think so, yeah, because wow. the gods locked her away because she had hope, and that was, like, her special oh, power and, and all this. Also, I just want to note, in God of War 3, Hephaestus is vo- voiced by Rip Torn, and <gasps> I gotta tell you, there are not enough, like, grizzled southern Greek gods out there and we need more of them because he's so good in that role can i just say i adore mm-hmm. bill knight i truly adore him this yeah. movie would have been so much better with rip torn i'm yes. telling you i'm telling you oh haven't seen a video game depiction of a rip torn hephaestus chef's kiss it's wonderful 
it's so good to just be like, what are you doing, Kratos? Oh, I'm so like... happy. <laughs> so here's what we I'm want so out of this. out of myth properties at the moment. We want an Irish Zeus, like a like a mm-hmm. Belfast Zeus, and we want like mm-hmm. a like a Mobile, Alabama Hephaestus. Is what yeah, we're yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I think it um, works. Especially because the notion that I'm getting is that Hephaestus is sort of a backwater god. So let's talk about Hephaestus a little yeah. bit. Yes, please. Um, please. Yeah, so uh, he is actually one of the Olympians. Mm-hmm. He's one of the 12. He lives on Olympus. Right. He does not live out in the middle of nowhere. Um, mm-hmm. He did fall from Olympus. They got that part right. Um, and there are different stories as to why he fell. So uh, Hephaestus is Hera's son and only okay. Hera's son. She's annoyed um, and a little bit jealous that Zeus gave birth to Athena without her. So she decides mm-hmm. she's going to have a kid of her own without him and their gods so they can do this. Right. So she um, just like of her own self creates and births Hephaestus. Um, oh. He's born lame and it's unclear like what exactly if it's like a club foot situation the point is he's he's born with this disability and Hera is annoyed and so there's like one version of the story where she's like grossed out and throws him off Olympus mom of the year I know I know there's another version of the story where uh Hephaestus once he's like grown up a little bit Zeus is coming on to Hera and Hephaestus is like trying to keep Zeus away from her. And so Zeus mm-hmm. picks him up and chucks him off Olympus. Gotcha. So there's there's those two different versions of why he falls. But he does, his his story of the fall from Olympus is like a pretty, it's a pretty well-known thing. He, it takes him an entire day to fall. Um, he lands on this island. Um, eventually he comes back uh, and Hephaestus is like, he's like the king of revenge in mm-hmm. uh, in ancient myth. Because like, He's he's disabled. He's also the only god with any, like, really useful and clever skill because he's a blacksmith. Mm-hmm. Right. So he there's there's versions of the story where he, like, creates these automatons, which are basically, like, robots, golden robots to, like, help him in his forge and do things. There's a version where he creates, like, a wheelchair, basically, to help him get around more okay. quickly. Um, he, he can make anything and so he creates these like revenge situations so after he's fallen in the version where Hera chucks him off because she doesn't like his clubfoot um he comes back and he's like he's acting like it's a gesture of goodwill he's created this golden throne for her when she sits in it she can't get up she's stuck (laughs) she's like trapped by this chair and the rest of the Olympians are like finally they're like we'll do anything anything you want if you will just like get her out of this chair (laughs) and he's like let me back in and so they do. Um, he's married to Aphrodite. Aphrodite, mm-hmm. goddess of love, can't be bound by one man, right? She and Ares have a long-standing tor- torrid affair. Uh, Hephaestus sets an elaborate trap in their bed. Oh, that's the other thing. They're doing this in Hephaestus and Aphrodite's uh, marital bed. Um, oh, so rude. he sets this elaborate trap, and they're in the middle of doing it. And this, like, net comes down that they can't get out of. And Hephaestus, like, calls all the other Olympians. Hey, look at this. <laughs> and all the gods come and, like, <laughs> gather around the bed. Ares and Aphrodite are naked and, like, stuck halfway in their lovemaking. And they can't get out. And all the other gods are just laughing at them. Sort of weird. I'm I'm going to I'm going to say that one's sort of weird because it's kind of a self-own to be like, hey, everyone, look how I'm getting cucked. I yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little weird, but yeah, um, yeah. But he's just like he's such a badass. Like he yeah. creates all of these beautiful things. People are absolute shits to them, to him, and he just like gets back at them in the most ingenious ways. Um, he invents robots. He invents the wheelchair. What? Like he's amazing, you know. And like he's and and then there are versions. I I did kind of like that they had the Cyclops. Uh, on whatever his little island is that he's living mm-hmm. on, because there are in different versions of the stories, 
Um, some in some versions, the Cyclops uh, like run his forge and they like work the bellows mm-hmm. um, okay. and are sort of like his little helpers. Uh, so so that part was kind of fun to see. But yeah, Hephaestus is like the best god ever, um, and they kind of made him out to be like a like a kooky old guy who like all he does is talk to Bubo and doesn't really yeah have any kind discernible of a, skills anymore. Kind of a goober. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we talk about Bubo really quick? Yes. I, yes, please. Yeah. So I just want to point out that even within these the like self-made myth of these movies, Bubo was in Argos? Is that the town from the last yeah. movie? Uh mm-hmm. just in a junk drawer basically. And then in this one, Hephaestus has him. So what's going on with that? Why is Bubo just like being why is Bubo in both of these? And why is Bubo just like traveling around? Is my question. Um, yeah. I, I have a theory. Yeah. I Let's think Bubo it. is here in a meta sense as a, a fuck you to the viewer. But okay. I think <laughs> I think Hephaestus got Bubo. Um, honestly, I, I think Hephaestus just went to Argus and was like rooting around in their trash like a raccoon. <laughs> um, and was like, this seems shiny enough to keep. Yeah. And then, uh, and then was like, you're my best friend, uh, and also part of me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not rip torn. Otherwise, I wouldn't be <laughs> doing this bullshit. Yeah. So I forgot that he he does talk to Bubo like uh, Tom Hanks talks to Wilson in yeah, oh, yeah, Castaway. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, maybe actually, mm-hmm. it could it could have been a Wilson situation. Could have been somebody chucked Bubo in in the sea and just washed up on the shores of uh, Hephaestus's island, and he was like, "You, <laughs> you're my friend now." Yeah, look I at have my shiny no one new else. Friend. Oh, <laughs> I like that. I have this other sort of theory where um, Bubo, so. Bubo had a job in the original Clash of the Titans, and now yeah, that's yeah. done. So he's sort of like an old toy. Um, mm, so okay. I'm sort of pulling in uh, a little bit of like Hanksy Panksy toy verse, a little bit of like uh, the little princess where she like thinks that her dolls move around when she's not in the room. I think mm-hmm. maybe Bubo is like a he's a, he's gotten to the point where. He's like a toy where when someone's looking at him, he doesn't he doesn't move, he doesn't mm, talk, he doesn't okay. do anything. Yeah. But mm. when your back is turned or when he's not being observed, he can move around and do things. So I kind of wonder if Bubo got pissed off at being dismissed in the Ooh, the Clash yeah. of Titans remake. You know, they're like, "What's this? Oh, just leave him." And he gets like checked back in the junk drawer. Right. I think that was the last straw for Bubo. He was gonna hang around mm. and like maybe be helpful again. He's done with this town. So he flies off and like he's just looking for somewhere to land, and he finds Hephaestus. It's like you look like you need a friend. Yeah, <laughs> I'll hang out and with I, you now. <laughs> I feel like Bubo can can be uh, themselves around Hephaestus because like Hephaestus, yeah. you know, I'm, nobody fucking believes this guy. So um, Bubo can just be alive. But then the minute Perseus shows up, Bubo again is just like stock still. I'm just a toy. Yeah, that's. I got to tell you, that is a brilliant theory, and I love oh, it. thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and also, we never got the third installment in this series, so maybe the third one was The Wrath of Bubo as Bubo was <laughs> a rampage. I would uh, fucking believe it that, that totally Bubo that. absorbed the power of the dying gods and mm-hmm. then uh, descended upon Argos. Yeah, uh, I fucking love this killing mm-hmm. everyone. Because I was gonna ask, <laughs> I was gonna ask y'all like, what the fuck is supposed to happen in the third movie? Because this one seemed to tie things up pretty tight. Yeah. Can I tell you? I I googled. I was trying ooh, to find ooh, out yes. what happened to the third one and like if there were any details. So no story details were ever released. Mm. But it was supposed to be titled "Revenge of the Titans." Revenge of the Titans. Yeah. And this, so this was an article from like 2019 saying, Mm -hmm. are we ever going to get the third one? And its conclusion was basically no, because the second one sucks so much. 
Um, but it was supposed to be Revenge of the Titans. We don't have any story details, but we do know that for some odd reason, Liam Neeson is really eager to play Zeus again. So Liam Neeson would really like Revenge of the Titans to be made. Well, nice. can, you, my heart. can you blame him? Mm-hmm. I mean, play, being being Zeus is pretty badass. Yeah. But being Zeus with the script that he was given to be Zeus sure. with. Sure. But oh. consider the fact that in this he gets to be Zeus and Jesus. Yeah. Oh, uh, I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, because there's a bit in this movie where he is just kind of Jesus for a bit, mm. where he's all about forgiveness and compassion, things that, from my understanding, are not necessarily Zeus's bag. That's very true. And so he's just Zeus Jesus. Zesus. <laughs> Zesus. Yeah. Zesus. I like that. <laughs> I had been thinking of him as sort of like Zeus slash Luke Skywalker, because he's like strung up and being drained of his oh, power. Yeah. And he's talking to Hades going, I know there's still good in you. There's <laughs> that like, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, yeah. A lot of this movie, I felt like they sort of like stole things from Star Wars to try to make it better. So like there's that like whole I know there's still good in you thing. Mm-hmm. There's also the moment of uh, like with Perseus. I think it's Perseus and his son. I love you. Mm-hmm. I know. Which is like the yeah. most well-known Han Solo <laughs> line. <laughs> I was like, you can't have that. This movie's not good enough to take that line. <laughs> so... Here, here's what what I was so fucking confused about through the whole movie, even though I was having a good time because I'm, I'm busted. Um, where were the female gods? There, We have no Athena, we have no Hera, we have no uh, uh, Demeter, Artemis. Uh, fuck, Apollo's not even here. Like, what the fuck are these people doing? It would be great to know, wouldn't it? We well, have this is one of those movies where like we have one woman character so that they can say, Look, we have a woman, it's not an all male cast. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's it. Yeah, it just it's very confusing that, that they would all sit idly by while the hottest Ares ever put to film is uh killing his dad. Yeah. Killing his dad with a Thor hammer? Yeah, mm. yeah, sort of a hot Thor hammer. I don't know. Um, hey, yeah, we do really all like agree so. that this Aries was a fucking smoke show, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for oh. sure. Yeah. Yeah. God damn, I need to see that guy in more stuff. <laughs> uh, preferably when he's not trying to kill his dad. Um, yeah. And then a sort of a child well no he's just trying to kill a different dad in front of his son you know yeah weird sort of freudian thing yeah yeah Ares, uh, Ares has some issues to work through yeah for sure yeah yeah um i, I had did, a quick question yeah uh, basically so one of the things that pissed me off about this movie is the killing of the gods um and I guess their their argument is that people aren't... We're in this weird transitional state where people aren't praying to the gods, I think. They're sort of becoming atheistic and, like, moving on or whatever. Um, yeah. So they're they're able to kill the gods. But is is that a thing? Can you kill a god? I don't think you can. Yeah. You can severely injure a god. Like, the gods fight and are wounded in the Trojan War. Mm-hmm. But you can't... I don't think you can kill a god. Like, this is why Kronos and all the Titans are in Tartarus instead of dead, right? Yeah. I yeah. don't think you can kill a god. That's well, kind of what I was I, thinking. I gotta tell you, Kratos in the God of War series would uh, would really disagree <laughs> with you because he... Can I tell you, it is it is kind of my dream, Sarah, to, to find a Let's Play on YouTube for you to watch so we can talk about this fucking game because... It's pretty wild and also deeply brutal, but uh, I, there's some stuff in there that I think is worth a chat. It would just be several hours of viewing <laughs> rather than like, 
you know, we're talking about like an eight to ten hour game. So oh, man. It, We'd have to do like a special investment. couple episodes yeah. on that. That would be fun, Some. though. Uh, see, what bugged me about the gods dying is the first one we see die is uh, Poseidon. And he yes. turns to sand and crumble crumbles mm-hmm. and i was like okay that makes sense he's the he's the like ocean god it makes sense that he would kind of look like a beach and then fall apart but they all do that yeah and it it really really pisses me off yeah it's a little weird mm-hmm. i don't it really leaves, understand it leaves so many questions too like what happens to a god when a god dies why are they evaporating are they like made of god essence that's like yeah poofing into the yeah. ether? It's confusing. Yeah, yeah they... and Hades has that line about like when a god dies, it's just absence. I'm like Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what death is, bro. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't understand why this is particularly scary. And also yeah. a revelation to him the god of death. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like, it is pretty buck-fucking-wild that Hades, whose whole job is to deal with dead people, is like, whoa, 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 whoa. When we die, nothing happens? Yeah. What? It's just, fuck, what have I been doing? (laughs) Yeah, it's super weird. It's, Hmm. it's something. Um, I just, I... I just don't get it. And then, so I I was having fun with this movie until um, we get Hades and Zeus just fucking shit up together fighting, and it is so deeply uncool. I don't know yeah. how they managed it, but it <laughs> it's pretty cringy for some reason. It is so cringy. It's like, it's too late for this to be, like, a buddy cowboy movie. Yeah. Which is, like, what they sort of go into. I don't know. Part of it, I think, is just the way that the two of them have been. Like, Zeus is cool when Zeus is just, like, standing there being regal or, like, throwing thunderbolts. But Zeus, like, stumping through a camp, walking like an old man is pretty not impressive. Particularly (laughs) in the getup that they gave him. It's not... It's not a fighting outfit. Yeah. It's, it's a breastplate over a nightgown. Yeah. And it just doesn't... And then the other part that I, ha- I had trouble squaring was that Rafe and Liam can do better than this. I know they can. And so it was just hard to watch these two people who I know are good actors just having to do this. Yeah. Throwing CGI... Uh, what were those? The double, the double man men. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I mean, I have to admit, I got distracted in this scene because I mm, just, okay. I had had enough. But I don't know. They sort of, they they did some weird things. I think with like the idea that Zeus is a sky god who controls like thunder and lightning, they turned that then again with Star Wars, they turned him into like Emperor Palpatine. I'm gonna zap people yeah yeah type i mean they do action. just have force powers yeah. yeah yeah they are essentially jedi in this one mm-hmm. i just keep thinking about how i think the reason it's deeply uncool is that old man fight is hard to pull off and the only thing i can think of where they do it right is in lord of the rings uh when gandalf and uh what's his face have that big saruman uh, Saruman had that big fight in the tower. That one ripped ass. That was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is the only good old man fight. Yeah, old man fight's a hard one. It's a hard one to pull off because creaky joints do not a good action movie. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's hard to just make it, like, not just sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because... You know, I think about it. You have Liam Neeson fighting people in Taken, and it rips ass because he's oh, yeah. not fighting other old men. Exactly. Uh, he's killing right. young people, and that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. But uh, when it's just two old bros uh, wrecking shop against CGI monsters, it's just. Yeah. 
it doesn't it yeah. doesn't float my boat for sure no no it's like you you can smell the joint cream just off camera mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah 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 it's not great so um okay I do have a couple like first of all I am also deeply pissed off there's a fucking trebuchet with the army and they didn't have those they didn't didn't have those damn it and I'm a moron and I know that (laughs) but (laughs) but okay so I, I have some questions about like Greek life because we have a lot of stuff here about like fathers and sons and like family. Do we know anything about like gr- ancient Greek like family dynamics or family life? Do we know anything uh, about that? Somebody does. Um, mm. I don't know a ton, but I'll okay. tell you what I know, which sure. is that. Um, so we, I think we've talked about the fact that like Greek women were once they were married, were pretty well confined to their homes. And well, most of them were pretty well confined to their homes before they were married, too, to try to, like, guarantee virginity at marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, it's to guarantee that children are legitimate, right? Children of only right. husband yeah. and no one else. Um, so women were pretty well stuck in their houses um, raising children. It's sort of unclear how much involvement fathers had in the raising of their children um they definitely were more involved with sons than with daughters um okay and i'm guessing that uh in sort of like lower classes or working classes or like what we see how we see perseus living at the beginning of this movie right in the fishing village Mm -hmm. i'm guessing it was a little more all hands on deck in those situations Mm -hmm. um what what we have knowledge of is mostly you know people who could afford to write things down uh were of a certain class at that period right people who could afford to read it all um so we get sort of a very specific narrow view of family life in that way um so i think fathers fathers and sons did have bonds it's just unclear how how much like modern like ideal parent child relationships that actually was gotcha Um, okay yeah it's not it's not super clear um i will say uh the the child the infant and child mortality rate in antiquity obviously was insanely high like this is Mm -hmm. part of why people had so many kids because only a certain percentage of them would make it to adulthood um and at least in, I think we have some of these in Greece. Uh, I know we have some in Greece, but in Roman times as well, especially we have um, some grave markers for children. And, you know, even even though this is expected and everybody in antiquity lost at least one child, you probably lost multiple, right? But these grave markers are so fucking heartbreaking. They are so moving. Like, People were dead, even when their daughters died, right? Girls weren't particularly valued in antiquity, especially in Greece. And even when daughters died, the epitaphs are heart-wrenching. So Mm -hmm. there was definitely, like, parental love. It wasn't just, like, we got to have a lot of kids to work the farm and then, like, marry rich, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The bonds were there. Um, It's just, it's unclear, um, I guess, how universal... um, fatherly involvement was okay that's that's uh fucking awesome yeah i had had no idea about the epitaph thing holy shit yeah yeah uh and unexpected yeah it is isn't it and like you children in antiquity are so hard to study there there are people who study like childhood in antiquity Mm -hmm. um and it's a lot of reading between the lines because Children aren't discussed very much, um, mm-hmm. but you can, I think they, they learn a lot from grave markers and sometimes from grave goods as well. Um, and a lot of these, uh, especially like wealthy Romans, um, mm-hmm. would have these uh, funerary monuments where uh, like they're, they're sculpted in relief. 
um, mm-hmm. and those will have children on them. And sometimes if it's like freed people and their families, it's their families marker, they'll have children as a, as a gesture of like, our son was born free and this is the direction our family is heading. Right. And so it's sort oh, of like okay. a, a status marker, um, mm-hmm. sort of, or like aspirational, um, indicator, but there were also a lot where like you get like a little kid with a bird on her hand and it's like, this was her pet bird and now she's gone and the bird is sad. And it's oh. like, it's, it's like I said, it's absolutely gut wrenching. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Oof. yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that well, took a turn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> to, to pull us out of this, uh, did they bathe the Greeks? <laughs> Did they bathe? Yeah, like uh, a sometimes, lot. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. Like, if you could give me like a, I don't know, like a rough stink quotient. Oh, I mean, it was pretty bad. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you hate to hear that. Yeah, yeah. The, the the general level of grime that Perseus is covered in for most of this mm-hmm. movie, I think that's probably pretty accurate. <laughs> so that's kind of a standard Greek grime. Yeah. Shit. Greek grind. Okay. Oh, man. Luke, you, you got anything? Yeah, I'm curious. Um, because the whole point of this series, this reboot series, is that people are losing their faith in the gods, basically, and are changing over. When, when did the Olympians, like, kind of stop being... A thing, because obviously we know we don't have people, as far as I'm aware of, praying to Zeus anymore. Um, Says you. Yeah, I mean, as far I, as I know, <laughs> if you are that person, please email us. Yeah, um, I gotta go yes. sacrifice a goat this afternoon, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. If like, you have was the it... resources, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't really know, honestly. Um, I mean, I think it it probably the decline of the Olympians and like pagan gods in general, which like the term pagan, we can discuss another day. Cause Holy crap. People get very up in arms about that. Um, but just mm. like that, that whole, um, that whole world of gods, I think their, their decline in like cultural and religious significance coincides fairly well with the rise of Christianity. Uh-huh. Um, Okay. So uh, the the first Christian emperor was Constantine, right? In three hundreds mm-hmm. um, CE, his his level of Christianity is debatable, um, <laughs> but uh, he did he you know like basically accepted the the Christian God as not at first not his only God, right? Just part of his like mm. sort of pantheon of personal deities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over time sort of became more uh, monotheistic in that way. Um, but it, it coincides pretty well um, there. Most emperors after Constantine are Christian. And so mm. they are interested in spreading Christianity. Julian the Apostate is the exception there. He was um, an emperor. who he, he like got rid of all those sort of Christian laws and everything that had been made before him, brought back the um, ancient pantheon, was very into that. Um, died fairly young, I think, though. And, and his successor was, um, Christian and then undid everything that Julian did. So, uh, okay. it's, uh, they were very interested in, Christianity wasn't actually, um, it was spread, but it wasn't actually, like, forced on Roman subjects until, mm-hmm. um, a little later. So there are Christian emperors for about a hundred years before there are requirements to be Christian. Um, everywhere in okay. the empire. So at that point, um, pagan worship, go- if it still exists, goes underground. Yeah. And I don't really know after that. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like there was a period, like you said, like a hundred years or so where there was a transitionary state perhaps where people were yeah. changing faiths away from the Olympians, but it sounds like they were going in a Christian direction. Whereas this is like this weird, pseudo-humanist thing where they're like we're our own people uh we don't need gods and stuff so right right yeah Yeah. we and we talked about this last time like this sort of atheism and and humanism wasn't a thing in antiquity um like people people would you know 
sort of pick and choose what gods they wanted to acknowledge. Uh, the Romans very famously just like acquired gods from all over their empire and were like, you seem cool, we'll worship you too, just in case, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just sort of collected deities. Um, ancient ancient Greeks and Romans thought that uh, the Jews were weird because they'd never met another monotheistic people. Um, oh. And so like that was the main uh, sort of rub between um pagans and Jews in antiquity, it wasn't like, we don't like your God. It was like, why do you only have the one? Why can't you have this God and all the other ones? Um, So it was like monotheism versus polytheism. Um, But uh, yeah, humanism never really entered into it in this way. Mm. Uh, It's a weird take. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much all I got uh, from, from the old Wrath of the Titans. On this one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. do we want to close this one out? Or, Sarah, did you have more? I have two tiny things more. Yes. And one of them is like a segue into what our next episode will be. Um, okay, but perfect. my first one is um, I made a list of monsters in this. Ooh, movie. Yes. Uh, because at the beginning, they're like, the walls of Tartarus are falling, the monsters are being released. And I was like, cool, what monsters are we going to get? Um, first one we get is a chimera. Mm-hmm. Um, the chimera was a real Greek monster, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the heroic age. I say real, you know, it, it existed in myth. Um, sure. Body of a lion, head of a goat, tail of a serpent, breathes fire. Um, the chimera was killed by this guy, this hero named Bellerophon, who coincidentally is the actual human who managed to uh, put a bridle on and ride Pegasus. Um, no, it was not Perseus. <laughs> Perseus had Hermes' winged shoes, and that's how he flew. Bellerophon was the one who rode Pegasus. Um, so he killed the Chimera. Um, and then he uh, got the gods mad at him because he tried to fly Pegasus up to Mount Olympus and, like, join the gods. He's like, I'm good enough to be one of you. And so they smacked him out of the air. Um, and, but Zeus kept Pegasus. That's where we get this idea of, like, Zeus having a herd of winged horses is... He, he, like, pinged Bellerophon off and had him fall mm. to the earth, but he kept Pegasus. So the Chimera mm. is a real monster. That was great. That was fine. Um, there were these weird, like, fire demon guys. Yeah, those guys. No, no idea what's going on there. Um, I mm. think they just, like, the CGI guys had a little fun with that one. I don't know what that is. Um, we get the Cyclops, um, mm-hmm. which, like I said, those are those are siblings of the Titans, Um and so, like, that's fine. They did work at Hephaestus's forge in some versions of the story. That's fine. Uh, in other versions, like in the Odyssey, they're these sort of, like, uncouth herdsmen that live on an island by themselves. And they just, like, hang out with their sheep. Um, but, you know, Cyclops in a movie about the Titans, that totally squares. That's great. Um, and they didn't like people. So that's also fine. <laughs> that All works right. out. Uh, last monster on my list is the Minotaur. Mm-hmm. And that's a yes. big old no. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the Minotaur is not a titan. The Minotaur is a product of bestiality. Um, Pasiphae, the queen of Crete, has sex with a sacred bull. And nine months later, she pops out this bull-man hybrid that is the Minotaur. Mm. Um and the Daedalus, like you were saying earlier, Sam, Daedalus designs this labyrinth, the original labyrinth, to mm-hmm. um, imprison the Minotaur in so that he can't get out and eat everybody. Um, and then eventually the Minotaur is killed by Theseus. Um, and so, you know, at least they did have the sort of like uh, making Tartarus into a labyrinth and then partway into the labyrinth you meet the Minotaur, right? They right. kind of, I, I guess I could give them a little credit for that, but um, the idea of a minotaur being a titan or being, like, trapped in Tartarus is just utter bullshit. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It it was a weird thing to toss in there. It was very weird. It was very weird. Um, but yeah, my last thing is just sort of a segue, uh, because our next episode is going to be more historical than mythological. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I wanted to talk about the fact that in this movie, um, Andromeda, who is a different actress now, but we're not going to talk about that, um, 
Andromeda is queen, apparently, of all of Greece. Again, not a thing. And uh, she is commanding this army. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, Andromeda did not run an army. Um, and women running armies in the ancient world are extremely, extremely rare. But mm. they did exist. Uh, and there's this uh, queen named Artemisia who uh, is part of the story of the Persian Wars. Uh, She was the queen of Halicarnassus. She took power after her husband, the king, died. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Halicarnassus is the city on the west coast of Turkey. And she was allied with Xerxes in the second Persian invasion of Greece. And uh, in this this, uh, history of the Persian Wars, mostly we get it from this guy called Herodotus, who wrote the history Mm -hmm. of the Persian Wars. Um... And he talks a lot about Artemisia because Herodotus himself um, was from Halicarnassus. And so he talks about Artemisia. He talks about how much Xerxes valued her um, strategic input um, mm-hmm. and her intelligence as a leader. Um, there's stories about her like craftiness with naval battles. Um, mm-hmm. There's She had like two different sets of flags on her ship. And she would fly the Persian one when she's going into battle. But if she started being chased by a Greek ship, she'd run up a Greek flag so that they would like not, they would think she was one of them and leave her alone. Uh, nice. She's the, in Herodotus's version of the story, uh, she's the only one who says, hey, Xerxes, maybe getting in a naval battle with the Greeks whose fleet is way better than yours isn't a good idea. Uh, and of course, Xerxes does get involved in that and, it's a terrible loss for the Persians, and um, we'll talk more about the Persian Wars next time. But I just wanted to point out, like, uh, the women running an army, um, a woman running an army is an anomaly, but mm-hmm. it did happen, which is awesome. very exciting. Yeah, she yeah. sounds fucking phenomenal. That's awesome. She's a badass. Yeah, definitely. Um well, yeah. So, so uh, next time we'll be watching uh, three hundred. So that'll be an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but uh, but until then, uh, you can find us on Facebook at Grease Lightning Podcast. That's G R E E C E D. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Grease Lightning Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Greased Light. Uh, and uh, you can send us an email at Grease Lightning Pod at Gmail uh yeah thanks for listening and uh we'll see y'all next time thanks guys